and welcome back, everybody. This is Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your co-host, Lexi. And I am your host, Stephen LeBooth. I am here for some more scary stories to tell you. I got some crazy stuff about the scary crews and, ooh, GB Biebers. Um, I have some spooky stuff. I'm actually going to change it up. Normally, I'm the person that does, like, the places and, like, like the hotels and the asylums and, like, stuff in town or... And that is like the urban legends or like kind of like that kind of stuff and folklores and stuff. Well, I, since this is the last episode in October, that sucks. I know it goes much so faster. It does. And like Thanksgiving and Christmas is lucky because they're together and them holidays go together anyway. So it just seems so much longer that Christmas gets the unfair advantage to stick around for another month. Yeah, they're already putting Christmas stuff out, but, like, it goes much faster, I've noticed, since we started podcasting, because we have to, like, plan out, like, we're already starting to get stuff together for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, God, yeah. So, like, it's going by much quicker. Yeah, because we always, like I said, do two, three podcasts ahead and always tap on our research. and Just in case. Yeah. So, but anyway, today I, I'm not going to exactly tell you what, who I am, and I'm not going to, like, tell you, like, the names and everything, but so I'm going to be doing um, an exorcism story, an exorcism, exorcism, ex- <laughs> exorcism. an exorcism story. Wow, um, I'm going to talk about three cults, and then I'm going to be talking about some haunted places that's not anywhere near me, but it's just like two or three. So that's kind of my mix-up of today. Um, what is uh, your mix-up? Like, what kind of stories you got for us? Well, I got a. Uh Ghost in College Station, then I got the uh, Delta crew over in the DFW, over at the DFW airport, and then I got the uh, (coughs) Black Hope (coughs) Cemetery. This is the uh, story that that one movie uh, was uh, made from. Um, Damn it. It's the one where they build the suburb and they didn't move the uh, caskets, they just moved the headstones. Oh, I know. You're remember that guy's cussing him out, going, "All you did was move the p- sand, the stones." Yeah. That's all you did was move the p- tombstones. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, can't remember what that movie was called, but it was. I good. don't remember it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I got what that was based the stuff that that was based off of, in Fort Phantom Hill. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that I will start this time. And I also, like I said, I wanted to get, we and Dad have talked, and, like, I'm going to start going more into, like, exorcism and cults and witches and stuff like that. Because, like, it's not ghost stories, but it has to do with the paranormal. Just anything and scary. Like that. So, like, well, that's kind of our deal. We're going to start going yeah. and doing that. Um, also, because you can't just do ghost stories. Um, you'll run out. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. There's always new stuff and i think one day we should sit down and talk about our ghost experiences yeah i think that would be cool but um okay i think that's enough for a little bit of the intro we can talk more in the outro but i think we should just go ahead and get this one kicking mm. i hope um, you uh youtube guys have been liking our videos out there yeah i hope you guys do like it but okay i'm gonna start and this is going to be the exorcism of annalise mitchell or mitchell um so this this story actually gave the idea to people to do the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I didn't know that. So 
Um, anyway, let's get started about this. Oh, this is in Germany, by the way. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that, so, like, if you don't know this, Germany. I didn't know about this, but it's in Germany, so that's probably why. But, okay, so, Annalise, I'm gonna give a little bit of background on how she got there. She was born in uh, 1952 in Germany. I don't know how to pronounce the city. Uh, she was raised as a strict Catholic, and she was described as, like, very bright and... Uh, likable well around whenever she was like 16 years old in September of 1968 she had experienced her first episode she has a lot of these um, she lost consciousness and then later that night she had felt something on her chest pinning her down to the bed mm, well that's always lovely <laughs> yeah well nothing else happened and then about 11, 11 months later um, the next year so it was like 1969 in August. She had another episode. So then her mom took her to the family doctor. Um, and then she had to go see a neurologist. Uh, and they said that they just had epilepsy. Uh, ep epilep Ep uh, would you stop? Don't say nothing. Ep epileptic. Yeah. Epileptic seizures. Um, so they were like, okay, well, she's just epileptic. That's why she's having these. Um, well, and then, the and then, then it was like three more, three years later. So in the spring of 1973, she started hearing knocking in the house, sounds on, on the roof in her room. Um, she hears scatter everywhere. And then she hears voices, um, like damning her to hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. And her mom saw her was like she passed her one day and she was just like fiercely looking at virgin mary on the cross or virgin mary like the painting and then <coughs> um her eyes turned like black like pitch black and um then <laughs> her hands turned into claws like pads of claws so she turned into something that was after that um it just escalated from there you know, then she started in September of the same year. She started having, um, what's the word? Visions of demons in her face and everything just attacking her. Mm, that's always wonderful. And Let's then do this part's gross, talk. and I, I, she started smelling like burnt feces. Mmm, love the smell of burnt feces. Like, she would smell like it, people that she was around would be like, um, you need a shower like you stink and it was just it was awful well then her mom like called the neuroscientist and was like um can you help well then the neuroscientist my daughter stinks she won't bathe and like yeah and she was like my daughter's hearing stuff seeing stuff like i know this is not epileptic seizures like what's wrong well then the neurologist said uh go get a priest because i can't help you like, mm. legit was like, go get a priest, I can't help. But later, and because this goes to court, so later in the courts, he denied it. But he said to her mom, like, I can't help you, go get a priest. You got the devil in you, girl. You need to go. Yeah, so in September of 1973, they found a priest. And then in November of 1973, they met with um, a psychiatrist. Then she was discussed with, disgust disguised as necrotic with possible epilepsy and then another neurologist said that she had epileptic patterns 
and so they had changed her medicine because she had got medicine in the beginning to like control it because that's like it helped or it was supposed to help <laughs> um so remember that she had medicine okay well then in july of 1975 she got like worse she was like at a five and then she went to a ten like real quick so she didn't mm. she wasn't sleeping at night then she started eating spiders and bugs and flies off the floor Wow. And this is gross. She could pee and then lick it up. Uh, well, maybe she was thirsty. <laughs> maybe she was just feeling dehydrated. When I, I read That's that, gross. I couldn't help but think of, like, a oh, scary movie. Oh, God. That part where she's like, bad, bad girl. Yeah. <laughs> rubs her nose like, in it. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Sorry um, about that. Oh, yeah, I know. It's gross. Well, then she started to destroy, like, anything that had to do with Jesus, God, or anything like that. So, like, rosaries, uh, crosses, um any any anything she'd put like where there's pictures on the wall she'd put holes in them that's crazy well then she got described as having like supernatural strength it's like you know like super super <laughs> she was like a 23 year old like when she died yeah because she dies she, <laughs> i just ruined it she dies <laughs> surprise way to go um she was like she barely like 120 pounds she didn't really work out like she didn't have muscle and she was sick or she was going through something so like she can't yeah. but she lifted her daughter her sister across the room and threw her like a doll like a mm. rag doll and um then she got seen like her mom said she's got an apple and squeezed it and like the juices came out and it like literally like just like she squeezed it till it was flat um <laughs> after that they're like yeah we really need help i can't do this anymore so an expert on a uh expert on exorcisms interviewed her and was like yeah you're possessed <laughs> so they were like okay we're gonna get exorcisms she had like 60 performed i thought they only did one and it was gone <laughs> she had like 60 performed almost 70 so September 24th of 1975, the first one was performed, and they had some sessions to be recorded, and oh my gosh, some of the recordings were, like, crazy. Like, it's, uh, I didn't hear all of them because I couldn't, like, I just, it freaked me out. Like, they had the sounds, and, like, how she sounds is so, ugh. Well, then in May of 1976, she started, like, banging her head against the wall, and biting herself and others the family had to tie her up to prevent her from hurting herself and others well then she started refusing to eat and she kept on saying i'm not being permitted to eat i'm not being permitted to eat so then she started losing weight and she weighed under 80 pounds mm, perfect right there and she's 23 like that's God. not healthy <laughs> That's skin and bone, man. Yeah. So then, June of 1976, um, her entire face was swollen. Not swollen, sunken. Like, she could see her bones in her face. Like, have you seen Twilight whenever Bella dies? Skeletor. Because uh, she's pregnant by the vampire baby inside of her. That's what her face looked like. Um, and then she refused to go to the doctor. Um, and she had a high fever. So something was going on, and she was sick, and her parents couldn't take her to the doctor because she was like, like feistless and she was like no so they you know well then on june 31st of i mean 30th of 1976 they had another exorcism they're like maybe this will help um 
she said the last thing she said was um please absolution so last thing she said don't know what it means and then the next morning she died um they said whenever she died she had died of starvation because she like refused to eat like from the beginning like beginning slash end of may and so she died like the end of june um she died of the age of 23 she had a total of 67 exorcisms and she weighed 60 68 pounds of death Mm. that's like how much emily weighs yeah like that's (laughs) yeah so after her death it had came out and it became a court thing well um the mom and the dad and the two priests that were involved um got accused of neglect neglected homicide the case went to trial in 1978 um the defense uh mom the mom and dad and the priest and everything presented the eyewitness testimony like the people that were there and then they showed the recordings and stuff the med- the one of the reasons why she didn't want to go they they're saying she didn't want to go see the doctor is because back then it was still the insane times were still a big thing Oh yeah, they just stick you in there and be like, "That that affects her." Yeah, and one of the things was she was afraid they were afraid she was gonna get tortured and tranquilized and electric shock therapy and against lobotomies. Her will. Yeah, and against her will and stuff. So they didn't want that. And plus, also, like, she was like, "Well, she's twenty three. We can't make her go." You know, but um, the judge looked at it as, "Oh, she's twenty three. It's her fault. She." didn't you know have to you know yeah well then um it comes i find out one of the priests looked for medical attention towards the end um a doctor friend that he had showed up on may 30th of 1976 (coughs) about a month before she died um and claimed he had scientific curiosity and not as a physician so like he even knew what was happening like he was like there's not some medical stuff happening (laughs) This isn't medical. This is, uh, I don't know what you call it, spiritual, I guess? Yeah. Or paranormal or supernatural? Yeah. Well, and he said there was no um, external injuries, but, like, she had bruises all over her face. Her face was sunken in. Like, stuff was happening. But he said, oh, everything was fine. Um, and so they did the, uh, uh, what's the, what is it when they take the morgue and, like, they figure out how Oh, autopsy. The autopsy. They did the autopsy and it revealed that she had a healthy brain. Now, remember in the beginning, I said that she had epilepsy. Yeah. When you have epilepsy, it shows patterns in your brain. Yeah. Well, there was no damage. There was nothing. Also, she died of starvation. There was no stomach ulcers. And you get those when you die of starvation. So that wasn't in her stomach. There was no signs of them. Um... But the court ignored that and just tried pinning it on people. So, prosecution said that um, she had epilepsy and psychosis issues. The parents and the two priests were liable for her death. They would not listen to the exorcism theory. And he questioned the ability of the priest and was like, y'all can do y'all's job. Well, and he called them schizophrenic beasts because they tried to help. Well, hmm. then um, he said the medicine, because I said she take, took medicine. She said He said the medicine made her act the way she did. Ah, she's full of it. Well, then the court 
rules the parents and the two priests to blame. So they had spent six months in jail, and the priest had to take a three-year leave, and they had to pay all court expenses. So, is it demonic <laughs> possession, or is it mental illness? <laughs> Will we ever know? Yeah, you won't. I mean... Well, and... It, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It, I mean, it's... You go with the scientific part of it, and the science part of it, which is true. You can't deny, but... Like you said, if she was starving, she would have had this and that, and she didn't. Yeah, and I pulled up the pictures. I haven't looked at them, and oh my gosh, like look. God. Like she tell yeah, that's epilepsy. Like she, you guys have to look up. Like she don't look like good. She looks bad. Yeah. So, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go next. Ay ay. Well, I was going to ask that girl out on the date. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all you said. Okay. I'm going to go over Flight 191 from DFW. Now, I remember when this happened. I was a kid. I don't know if uh, who all remembers it, but I'm 44. And it's happened in 85. So I was like uh, nine years old. Well, in uh, August 2nd, 1985... Delta Flight 191 was coming in, you know, to land at DFW Airport, and it crashed uh, coming in. And pretty much, I think, yeah, it killed everybody. I don't think anyone survived. But I remember that uh, being all over the news that day because it was a huge, like, crash. It was bad. And uh, there's pieces of there was pieces of it. I remember definitely seeing it, you know, because someone caught it on camera or something. Not the whole thing, but. As it was uh, blowing up and stuff, you know. Dang. But it was, I remember seeing it on TV, though, seeing just the, the, after they put the fire out and everything, just to see how big these pieces of metal are just sitting there and by a person, and it makes you put into perspective how big it is. Uh-huh. Dang. Yeah. Well, they say that flight still haunts the place. I don't believe it. There's been reportings of, um, like, for instance, sometimes if you're looking out the uh, airport window, and you know it's busy, you know, you get some of the guys on the carts taking the uh, uh, suitcases to the airplanes or taking them to the airport, whichever. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a, uh, this woman kept noticing, and, uh, at this cart with it, and it had some Delta people on it, just kept driving around the airport. And she's seen somebody that worked there, and she goes, Excuse me, sir, I'm not trying to bug you, and it's probably none of my business, but that that little vehicle out there with them Delta people in it has just been circling, doing, I mean, just going around the place looking like they're looking for something. He said, Uh, it might be the flight of uh, 191. Uh-huh. And he didn't tell her the story. He just said, Yeah, look it up sometime when you're flying tonight, or if you're flying, so- you know, look it up. That's always fun. Yeah. And I mean, they've been reported in the airport like the captains, I think, have. You know. Dang. Like this one, like the chairs are literally like backwards and upside down. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was bad. I remember that. It was bad. Really bad. Wow. Man, I, I want to... So that makes sense if then people are still haunting the... Yeah, that's what I was saying, but I'm over here, like, dumbfounded by the pictures. I mean, heck, because that was a tragic death, you know. They was coming into land. They was fixing to be at their destination. And 
And the last place they were was they said it, it was like they uh, said it was like some uh, was that an arm? It's I think it's like fake. I don't oh. know if that's real. I don't really know. But um, what was I saying? <laughs> I um, forgot. They said it was. They were trying to. They didn't know what it was. Or oh, anything. they was trying to figure out what happened. What they think that was happening when they was coming in the land. There was some storms that was brewing up or something, and I think the storm with the high winds kind of made it smash into the mm. ground. Yeah. So. I don't think I could ever be a pilot. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty. I don't know if I could do that. That's just Especially through much. the storm some of those guys go through. Oh, God. It'd be bad enough being a passenger doing it, not, you know, being like these guys. Yeah. Flying a plane through it. I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go over the AI Engineering Building in College Station. On November 14, 1959, Ray Sims was in the uh, meat locker cutting up some meat in the uh, animal laboratory in the basement. He was cutting a slab of uh, beef towards him, so he had the knife out and he was cutting it like this towards him. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he did, I guess it slipped and it... Uh, Cut his uh, leg, yeah. He's cut his leg and a major major artery major artery in it. So he started bleed. He was bleeding profusely and he was screaming, "Help! Help!" And when they found him dead, of course, because he bled to death, he was like almost to the elevator, like he was trying to hit the button to get help. Aww. Yeah. Well, they say his. Uh, his ghost still haunts the place, especially in the in the bathroom. I mean, not the bathroom, but the basement. Because that's what the basement is now. They turn it into a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Just think nobody knows what's going on, and you're sitting there using it, and you hear <laughs> like help, something help. scratching. Or, yeah, or you hear your help, because that's what people <laughs> are saying. Not so much the whole building is haunted by this fella, but just like the basement and that part down there. Oh, he died down there. Yeah, so they say he haunts it big time down there in the basement. I feel like I'd do that. Well, bathroom now. Well, and <laughs> you remember when I had to get stitches in my thumb? That's how I cut my thumb because I was cutting towards me. Yeah, but he did. He had the slab, you know, cutting it towards him. And I guess it missed, and he cut a major artery in his leg. Mm. He died pretty quick. Uh, yeah. It's a major artery. That would suck to die like that. It, it would. It really would. Oh, that'd be a slow death. And then you're right there, but like, there's it was like no you one there. To... Yes, and then you're like right there, and no one's there to help you. That would suck. Yeah, that would. I would not. Not only did you die, but you died like just tragic. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 died tragic, and it would be sad. I don't know. I'd probably haunt everybody in my after time after that one. Yeah. But okay, I'm gonna do um, the Matamoros cult now. This was in 1989. You weren't that old. I don't know if you even probably knew that. Yeah, 1989. So, in 1989, a 21-year-old student named Mark went missing on spring break. He had gone to Mexico with his friends, and they were at this bar. And it was like this most popular bar, destination, teen hangout place. Where all the college kids were hanging out. Yeah. So they, had, so they had gone there. Well, then him and his friends later went to another bar, like, just to chill and everything, called Gar- Garcia's. Well, he had left his friends to they go behind the bar and pee, and then he said he'd be right back. Well, he never came back. He disappeared, 
And after a few days, his friends got, like, really worried because they were like, you're in Mexico, you don't know what you're doing, like, what? So, um, they got the American and the Mexican police involved. And... Uh, cases on the news, so, like, everyone knew, like, they had it everywhere. Plastered everywhere. Well, um, a sidekick, I think her name was Sylvia Brown, which is a whole theory about her. <laughs> Sorry, but. Whole theory, guys. It's, yeah, it's. It's on, I have to do that on my Stephanie's. But it's, uh, she came out and said, like, oh, they have, she had a vision of him next to a big cauldron. Okay, so, uh, remember that. Well, then at the same time, they were tracking this drug dealer, and they needed to get him, like, pretty soon. Well, so an undercover cop followed him one day to this ranch. And now this cop wasn't expecting to get there, and what happened happened. They were expecting to get there, and they catch the drug dealer and find drugs, and that would be in the, <coughs> the end of it. Well, so this cop followed this dude, this drug dealer, to this ranch. Um... What actually was happening is they were running a drug operation in the front, and in the back they were doing a satanic rituals. <laughs> they wow. Had, um, they had cauldrons filled with blood, and they were having having human blood in them. They did rituals as a protectant from the cops. They believed that they did these rituals um, so often that they would become invisible to the cops, and they would never... Wow get caught because with their drugs which uh, didn't now happen the shed was also like had vital stuff like cauldron like you know like the cauldrons and the machetes and the voodoo stuff and all that so it was a lot um they the whole farm slash ranch was they found a lot of bodies and one of the bodies was the guy who, who went missing in mexico mark so unfortunately that he did die he did die, but the ranch was burnt to the ground, and um, 14 of the cult members were taken, but the follower and uh, follower and the leader got away, and they killed themselves. But everyone else got caught and convicted, and they're serving life in prison. Where was it at? Mexico. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, golly. Yeah, I, I, this, that's the shortest cult one I got. Other ones are two pages long, <laughs> but yeah. So that's you know, crazy. But you, could, you never, friend, yeah, never you, know. You gotta be careful going traveling places. Yeah. When your friend goes missing, or your friend's not back from the bathroom in about I don't know, like five minutes or ten. Yeah. Go check on your friend, or how about this? Just don't go. Don't go anywhere alone. I think that would be pretty smart. <laughs> but do you wanna do one in between? I guess so, poopy pants. This is the Black Hole Cemetery. A Black Hole Cemetery? The Black Hole Cemetery in the early uh, 80s. Oh, in the early... Oh. The Black Hole Cemetery in Crosby, Texas. It's a little suburb right outside of Houston, Texas. Okay. And uh, in in the early 1980s, a new subdivision was coming in out there. So someone bought it and started making that a subdivision out there. By uh, 1982, families started moving into the area. It didn't take long for people to start, uh, you know, seeing things and hearing things. Because what these uh, people were doing, that they was making the subdivision, there's a bunch of just a co- bunch of company men, people with money. They went and bought this property, and then was going to make billions off of it because of you know they're going to sell it 
to people that want to build houses and that's what they did this housing developer came in you know built the houses excuse me and they were making money hand over fist selling these houses to people well it's uh what they did when they was doing some uh i guess construct land work getting ready for the subdivision one of the guys i guess that was digging and they found out that it was a cemetery and uh okay they were like well who cares we'll just move the tombstones out, tombstones out of the way and they were like huh they had to take the tombstone tombstones leave the bodies well um <laughs> that's what they were doing and they were like like i said experiencing some weird stuff well then this one guy was in his backyard and an older man came up and uh he uh an older black guy and he was like i wouldn't dig that pull if i was you and he was like why because because you're going to be digging up a dead bodies that's a cemetery and he goes what what are you talking about because the cemetery hadn't been used in years i think well babe was basically a uh slave uh cemetery Oh, okay. So no one. Yeah, no okay. one has used it in years. I think 1930 was the last funeral they had there. You know, or 40s or 50s or something like that. I don't remember the exact time, but anyways, the guy was saying, "Yeah, I used to be in charge of the cemetery out here, and I buried them bodies. This is all a cemetery." And they were like, "What?" Well, when they started finding out, yeah, they. Damn. Yeah, they sued them. But man, their house was haunted. They said. Uh yeah, I was on top well, of Well the that. whole neighborhood really. It wasn't just like the the the, the um the um movie tried to act like it was just that one house. But like he was saying in the documentary I watched on it, he was like, No man, it was uh it was everybody's house pretty much. I mean, it wasn't just one house acting crazy. I mean one guy and all of them yeah people would see shadow people and all that and i'm like well yeah that whole place was a cemetery and all they did was move the headstones when they did it and put them up somewhere else just so they could save money because it's going to cost them more a lot of money to hire people to come dig the bodies up and move them yeah and move them so they thought they could save a lots of money by switching to geico <laughs> sponsored by geico no <laughs> not yet <laughs> no uh <laughs> I don't know what I'd happen. I don't know what I'd happen. I don't know what would I do if I. That's weird too, but they never did say if the uh, if there's any is people that people still live in that subdivision or what happened to it or what. They just kind of told that the about the one family that moved there, in the movie was kind of kind of went around. I don't really think I'd want to live there after that happened. Yeah. Okay. Poltergeist. That was it. I was thinking this sounds an awful off awful like like poltergeist. Because the, you know how at the very end all the bodies come yeah. in? Yeah. Like, the huh. pull part? Yeah. Yeah. So. But, okay. I think um, it's my turn. Um, I'm going to... I was going to talk about the Ten Commandments. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> I clicked off. Stop, Dad. I, I clicked that. off by accident. I'm still trying to get... <laughs> anyway. I'm going to do the... I was going to do the uh, Ten Commandments cold. But I'm going to save that one. It's it's not that long, and I wanted to kind of do a longie. Yeah. All right, so this is going to be the cult of David Koresh. And also, he changes his name in here. So, um, just... You should, hey, you should have saved this one for your conspiracy one. Because there's a lot of conspiracy stuff around that. But I want to talk about cults. I, this but, is, if you don't but, know, I mean, this well, is the just, Waco cult. J just tell, uh, just, is there any ghost stories with the tie to it? No, but I mean it's a cult. 
Well, you could talk about it here, I guess, but just I'm just telling you, look into it deeper. There's a lot of conspiracy stuff about that, how people... I didn't know that. Yeah, look into it. Okay, well... <laughs> me, I, I think me, I think it was kind of wrong for him to go in there and do the government to do what they did. But on the other hand, David Koresh was kind of a sick individual. Yeah, okay, so... He thought he was the great almighty God. Yeah, so David Koresh... Um, that's his name. He also changed his name to Vermin later. So if I start saying Vermin, that's yeah, that's why. Um, also, this guy. Oh wait, no, no, no. His name is Vermin, but he changed his name to David. So I'm just gonna start saying David because it's stupid. So anyway, this guy, originally named Vermin Hall, he had belonged to a church, and he was there for all through without hot childhood, whatever. And he had owned compounds in Texas, well, churches. Um, well, then the church, he uh, made a call or something to this church, uh, which is what this whole thing is about. And uh, then he went to it, and he was like a part of it in 1981. Well, as soon as he got there, he met this girl, uh, Lois Roden, and she was like the top person to be there. Like She was like, I think in charge of everything, and if like she died, the church would go to her son or whatever. So... Yeah, she had a son, and her name was jo his name was George. And like I said, if uh, she died, the church would go to him. Well, George didn't like this vermin slash David guy because he was like, "You're gonna steal a church away from my mom. Like, why are you doing this?" Because uh, it was also fishy because they fell in love like instantly. She was like seventy, almost dying. He was really young. Oh my god! So George is like, "What are you doing to my mom?" <laughs> um. So, they all, like, were fighting all the time and everything because they all wanted power. Like, they all yeah. wanted to be, like, almighty. So, then David left, and he had created this own following and his own cult, basically. So, he would, um, <laughs> it would lead to, like, his own religion and, like, an apocalyptic, god dang it. A pa, I can't talk. Oh, a pop, the elliptic. A pause, yes, that situation. So he also, as he got more people, he would told people he was a messiah. That he was like, he saw visions of the future. So that's whenever he changed his name to David instead of having it Berman. So then he started doing illegal practices on polygamy. And that's when you have like. Why, like, not one wife, but like a dozen. Yeah. One. So he just started out with a few wives at a time, okay? Well, then in 1998, Lois died, and he showed up to the church, like, I'm going to take it from you, George. And George and David got into a fight. Well, George challenged David to a duel, and uh, David, or not a duel, like, it was a duel, but. George is like, the first one that can bring a dead body back to life can rule the church. And so then David left, and then he called the cops and was like, hey, this person of this church is doing weird stuff with bodies. And just to, his idea yeah. was to get him thrown out of the church, and like, then he could step up. Well, the cops are like, you need proof. So this was David's idea. He thought he could go down to Kmart, because I guess back then you could just go down to the store and buy guns like that. <laughs> You can still do that now, but, like, this was, like, Kmart's, like, a freaking <laughs> save a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, they would go down to Kmart, buy guns, and then his idea would put the gun to George's head and make him take a picture with a dead body. Well, 
they went did go to Kmart and get all the guns. So they marched all down to the church. Well, David or George knew something was going to happen, so he had like a few guns of his people and stuff. And uh, it resulted in a gunfight. <laughs> no one died, I don't think. But people got injured. And then George, uh, or the cops deemed David not guilty. Like, it was all George's fault. So then, after all that, George got mad and just, just left. He was like, I'm done. So then, George got what he, uh, David got what he wanted and got the church. Um, but after George had left, he spiraled into insanity. And two years later, he killed his roommate with the axe. Because he thought David was out to get him. And then, after that, he got put in a sane asylum and he died. <laughs> So like, wow. Yeah. <coughs> well, so like I said, David took over the church. Um, he got rid of all marriages. So like, if you joined the church and you had a family, or like if you're a guy or whatever, like if you know, you had to give him your wife. <laughs> and yeah. There was no sex allowed, anything, and all the kids were his children, and yeah, so, uh, kind of not a lot, but like some people left and was going to the cops and like telling them what happened, but like they weren't really doing anything. Yeah. Well, then one day they bought like a shit ton of guns. Like I don't know how else to describe. Like it was like a military like thing inside this guy's church. Like they had so many guns. Well, so more left and told the cops, or not the cops, the uh, AF, the ATF, which is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. So then the FBI got involved, <laughs> um, and it was a four-week standoff between. These ATFs, FBI agents, cops, and this yeah, I cult. remember that. I was in high school. I was a sophomore. It was all over the news. It stayed on the news twenty four seven. Yeah, so they thought because they were freaking out because they thought the cult members were hostages. Which in reality, they were like, "No, we want to be here." <laughs> um. So one day they got they got enough. They were just like, "This needs to end now." And they went. They were going to go in and raid it, but then a fire started. Which the theory on that is that they think that one of the cult members started it to set, to keep like a line of them from entering, you know. But this one, David shot himself in the head in the middle of the fire. He died with them. <laughs> but like still, I didn't know there was a bunch of theories on that or I would have done that. Oh, yeah. And there's Stephanie. a bunch of theories, theories on that. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of people died. Um. I remember that I was in high school. I mean, it stayed on. It was on for like a It was on TV the whole time. Because at the time, that's when they started putting the uh, TVs in high school. Yeah. So we could watch the breaking news. And every class I went to for four weeks, man, was about that crap. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> and I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, the government maybe shouldn't have been so aggressive trying to go there. But he needed to be stopped. He was freaking loony. He was. He was. And I mean... I mean, you... And not all the cults that I read out of, like, either, like, because there's, like, the Heaven's Gate cult, which I want to do that one, and then there's the Ten Commandments, and the, which is another one, but, like, at the very end, they get brainwashed into poisoning, mm -hmm. and then they kill themselves because they yeah. think the world's going to end or something, which... Yeah. He might have been going down that road. You never know. I don't know. He was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He was, yeah. He was, he was crazy. <laughs> He's well, what I've got... My last story of the evening is Ghost of Fort Phantom, no, Ghost of Fort Phantom Hill, <laughs> Phantom Hill. in Texas. 
On November 14, 1859, the fort was established northwest of Austin, Texas. It was mainly put there so they could have some something to police someone out there to help, kind of help police the area with the travelers coming through. Because I guess before the railways, railroads were really big, um, they were had you know they're kind of like we got highways. They would have old dirt roads that they stairs the stagecoach roads. So. And they always, they wanted basically them there to help police the area and keep the Indian, Indian attacks down so people can make safe travel from one side of uh, Texas to the other. <coughs> well, center to make a, okay, I already said that. Okay, after they got the post going and all that, the fort was uh, abandoned April 6, 1954. It was only lasted three four years because by that time i think that's when the railroad started coming in mm-hmm. but the reason too it got its name phantom hill because when you were uh leaving it it looked like the it looked like when you was driving up on it it looked like it wasn't there and it didn't just pop up and as you was leaving you'd look back and it'd just be bam gone Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That's like well, geographically not right. <laughs> yeah. Well, then they say after they uh, shut the fort down and all the soldiers were leaving out of it, they said when they got, you know, a couple miles away from it, you could look back and see smoke coming from it. So they think the Indians raided it and started burning it right when they left. Maybe. Maybe. And then by... 1892 the area was going down because of the uh, railroad going you know going through Abilene now so now people could make safer travel you know from Fort Worth to Abilene on a freaking train and not have to worry about Indians yeah you know so that kind of hurt them so it kind of shut didn't really need it anymore after that and then more by that time too the uh it wasn't so uh the wild west wasn't so wild anymore it was being kind of tamed the Wild West. So there wasn't as many, there wasn't any more Indian attacks by 1892 and all that. Well, in uh, 1929, John Guitar bought bought it, then his grandson got it, and he uh, started preserving it. All right. And, of course, there you have... uh, you have restless uh, Indian spirits that roam the land around the around at nights. You got the, uh, of course, uh, it's by a lake. So, of course, you've got this Lady of the Lake. Or Lady of the You know, another Lady of the Lake. But they think she might tie into with the church because supposedly some gal was waiting on uh, some soldier or something to come back. Well, when he didn't come back, he got he got killed or something. But they was going to get married, so of course she hung herself or Aww. something. So Why is it always bridemates? Like, yeah. the guy never died. It's always the girl. Well, he died. That's why he wasn't coming back. No, I meant, like, the girls. Like, it's always oh, the yeah. So. Well, that was very interesting. Yes. I mean, still to this day, they see. Yeah, you know, because there wasn't. They didn't have a lot, a whole lot of deaths there from just natural causes because it was only there for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so I'm going to talk like three little stories. They are all about little haunted places, but it is like um, stores, like 
Walmart, Toys R Us, and Pizza Hut. So, yeah, let's get on with it, shall we? Let's get, I don't know what with it, but anyway, I'm going to do Toys R Us first. So, this is a Toys R Us in Sunnyville, California. How is that scary? Just listen. I gotta be so rude. Okay. That sounds like a fun place to go. It don't sound scary to me. <laughs> Shush. Okay. This is ghost stories told from the south, not Toys R Us told from the south. <laughs> Shush. So it's said that it's haunted. Basically, this place used to be like a plantation. Uh. The land used to be. Um, in eight, the 1800s, a name, uh, a guy named Martin, owned a plantation, and one of the workers were named Yanni Janssen. Yanni Janssen. Yeah. Well, he suffered from a brain injury, and uh, everyone made fun of him for it. You know. Oh, Yanni. They called him crazy. Well, then he started falling for uh, Martin's daughter, oh, Elizabeth, Lord. and that she fell in love with somebody else, and she was going to move away. And that made him mad, and one day he was angrily chopping wood, and he missed, and he necked a like important artery in his leg, and he bled to death. <laughs> oh, so well, maybe he shouldn't have got so mad. And yeah, now the spot where he died is now a store. <laughs> so people literally see him walking down the aisles and then disappear. Things move or fall off the shelf. Um, they have lost managers and employees due to it. They'll be stalking at night and they can hear like a man calling out for Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, a chopped artery. <laughs> um, and then they have also heard voices of a man and then water appear on the ground and then it like mm. disappears. They've had a sidekick come, but it's still open, I think. But, like, why does it have to be a toy store that has to be haunted? Yeah, that's nuts. A freaking toy story. Yeah. Poor kids. All right. Um, this is going to be about Pizza Hut. All right? This Pizza Hut. That's in so pizza. Pizza Hut in Center Reach, New York. This is... There you can uh, feel a ghost. Um... In the bathroom, you can hear you can hear it. There's whispering, and you can feel cold spots. And pots and pans fall off the shelves in the kitchen. Oh, lovely. Pots and pans. Well, basically, this place used to be a jack-in-the-box. And a depressed man went in the bathroom, and he locked the door, and he shot himself. Oh, my God. At a jack-in-the-box? Yeah. So his spirit still Whoa. lives there. And he plays with everybody. Like, he plays jokes on everybody and stuff. And, yeah. That one was really sad, but... That's messed up. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, so now this one's Walmart. This is Walmart in Parama Par City in California. Things have reportedly fallen off shelves. Um, voices and whispers and then... they, Which is weird, because I've never known Walmart to have this many floors. They have three or four floors. The hell? I know. It used to be like an old office building, but now it's a Walmart. Oh, okay. Well, I can see that. Maybe they, instead of buying a new building, we'll just go here. Because you can make, you know, yeah, cloth clothing part, and then you can make the one part nothing yeah. but food, and then the next part nothing but all your home home stuff. And Yeah, but they only use, like, I think two floors. Oh, man. I so just, I don't all know. of it. Yes, I don't know what all four floors are for. Uh, but they felt, like, taps on shoulders, and they've heard names. Like, their name's called No One's There. Well, there's so many stories about this, but the only one I could find or, like, really people can get from people is that they're, the elevator, when it, like, f I guess first opened or whatever, it 
had an accident like it stopped working well there was these three boys and this boy you know how it has like the shaft or whatever that you can crawl through oh yeah well it shut they got stuck in the elevator and one of the boys was like hey i'll crawl through that so i can get help and get us out so they okay well as soon as he got halfway out it started working and it chopped him in half and it crushed him uh so he died and he haunts the place but then there's rumors about, like, a girl and a mom, but, like, no one can find out why she died. And then there's four, there's three or four ro- uh, floors, but when you ask employees about it, they're like, no. We've only got two, man. Like, what? What? God, we've got two floors. What do you get to third and floor? Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, hmm, why are you being so secretive? So... I don't know, but it it's very, very creepy. Yeah, that's literally me right now. All right. Well, I think that was a good episode. And I hope you guys will enjoy our uh, special we got coming up this uh, month. Or you probably already heard it by the time you hear this. You've already heard it. Yeah. Right. <coughs> oh, so. Well, I am sorry that October is <laughs> Literally about to be over. I know, man. We just freaking got here, and it's already freaking over, man. I know. It sucks. It's crazy. Halloween should start in freaking September. That's <laughs> See, that's why we did ours early. We started doing it in September because we knew it would go. Yeah, we did. But, but uh, you know what? Um, but uh, make sure to go check out our YouTube. We got that all going and blowing. And Yeah. Make sure you go check out our Facebook and Spotify, Spotify and Instagram Stitcher. and Stitcher and We're on iHeart and tweet. iTunes. We got a Tweeter and a Facer. Uh, yeah, just uh, come say hi to us, anything man. And check out some of the stories, experiences, stuff you want us to look up. Once again, thanks for everybody that replies to us and sends us emails and stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you to everybody. But so. you guys be good, be awesome, and if you've been listening to this, this is uh, Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, uh, Stephen Lebooth. <laughs> this is my co-host, Lexi Lebooth. Mm, this has been a very, very spooky podcast. Bye. Bye.